0: Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you all out to another Purpose of Singleness um, lecture uh, where I talk about how to maximize your singleness and and utilize it for your benefit in God's glory. Um, but I want to welcome you all who's joining me live. And as I do so, I want to go ahead and say hello to all those who are um, their uh, second, third, fourth, 50th time listening and watching. I want to say thank you all so much for being a subscriber and being a part of my online community here. It's an honor to uh, play my part uh, as, a, as a servant of God um, to serve you all and for those who's this very first time watching i uh, hope after you watch this video as or however long you watch it, that you enjoy it and, and if you do make sure you go to subscribe hit that bell because i would love to have you a part of uh, my online community here and for those who are coming in and just everyone watching um and listening i want to say thank you for doing so and make sure you go to my um uh, uh course site lifefork.teachable.com, and download today's worksheet um so that you will be able to understand how to resist Temptations, and today we're gonna be talking about how to resist, overcome temptations. And there's a lot of points that God gave me last night. This worksheet wasn't produced till last night, and so I can't wait to get into it. I have a lot of notes, but let's get right into it. But for those in the live live chat feed, let me say what's up, everybody. Lorena T. M- uh, Mills Williams, what's going on? While slow and loading. Oh, are, are we going slow? Oh, it's, OK, good, good, good. Uh, hey, coach from Fresno, California. Thank you for watching. Akeem, what's going on? Doing well, family. Hope you well as well. And Uni, what's going on? Enoch, hey, coach, God bless you, man. I've been looking forward for you to cover this. Glad to be here. Glad to have you here, family. Hey, coach, my book just arrived, Purpose Singleness, And I started reading a sexual purity because that's my current uh, struggle area. I just want to say thank you, because just from reading that part, you're so welcome. Glad it's a blessing. Lauren, what's going on? BB says, hey, coach, Papano Beach, Florida, what's going on, coach? I cannot download last week's worksheet. I'll make sure I take care of that for you. Uh, Let me me make sure y'all can download. Let me go to the site right now and just make sure that you guys, because I always, sometimes I skip that button that allows you to download the worksheet. Let me get there and do it real quickly um, so that everyone can be able to at least download that worksheet. Let me get there real quick. And also, while y'all come in, let me know what city, what state, what country you watch it from. I would love to see um, how far God is spreading this message here. All right, here we go. Let me see if I got it downloadable. And yeah, Oh, that was last week's. Okay. Let me make sure last week's uh, uh, worksheet is downloadable. For those who want to know, okay, what are you talking about? You go to my website, lifework.teachable.com. Go to the course tab. I just fixed it. I just fixed it. There we go. Now, last week's worksheet is able to download. Thank you for letting me know. Let me scroll up. Oh, everyone's coming in now. I feel better. I see I have a lot to do. No worries. We all got work to do. The Holy Spirit will, will help us in doing so. Thank you for uh, getting the book. Hello from Columbus, Ohio. And the books that she's talking about is this book right here The Purpose of Singleness, the one that sparked this whole course Are You Whole or Full of Holes? Great resource there. Great book there. And I know it's going to bless a lot. Bless those who read it. Columbus, Ohio in the building. Thank you, Angie. Your blessing. Looking forward to hear this blessing. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, coach, what's going on? Hey, 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 All right, let's get to it. <laughs> let's uh, let's get right into our worksheet. We're going to be uh, talking about how to resist um, temptations. And let me get my uh, notes up here so you all can walk with me as we navigate this together. But as you coming in, make sure you share the broadcast out to as many people as possible. So that we can go ahead and, um, oh, there we go. So that we can go ahead and, because um, a lot of people need this. So let's go right to our main thought. Through Christ, you can overcome any temptation. And with every temptation, there's a way of escape. Our main thought when it comes to temptation is that through Christ, you can overcome any temptation. And with every temptation, there is a way of escape. Our main points are threefold, I believe. We're going to be talking about what is a temptation, the process of a temptation, how to resist and not fall into a temptation, and the definition of a temptation, which is important for us to know, is the desire to do something, especially something wrong or unwise. Let's get to the uh, problem. Many singles or people are susceptible to falling into temptations and suffering the consequences of them due to them not allowing Christ to quench their thirst. They are controlled by their flesh, eyes, and pride. Many singles are susceptible, people, period, to falling into temptations and suffering the consequences of them due to them not allowing Christ to quench their thirst. They are controlled by their flesh, eyes, and pride. Um, No matter how long you live in life, there will be tests and temptations that it doesn't matter how many years you live in life, you will face temptations. And a temptation is only temptation based upon your consent. If it's in you, then you will be tempted by it. That's why it's always important to examine your heart to make sure that your heart is in alignment with God, that you endeavor to fulfill the will of the spirit and not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Because if so, you will be setting yourself up um, to, be, to fall into temptations. But let's keep going because I have a lot of points that I really want to cover that would kind of help us really um, understand how we can as believers resist temptations. And some of the temptations of being single are many. Tempted to settle in a relationship, tempted to fall into lust issues or or, or, or physical intimacy, temptations to um, 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 just a lot of various things that if you are not um, allowing the Holy Spirit um, to bring to the surface what's in your heart, to remove it out of your life, then anything that comes before your life will pull you to it. But let's get into some scriptures. Let me just see where I made in my notes. Uh, because we're gonna talk about the process of a temptation. But before we do so, let's read um, the story in regards to, uh, let me get it up right here. The story in regards to Adam and Eve, so that we can better um, understand uh, the differences between when Christ was tempted or tested and when Adam and Eve was. Uh, But we have three pillars of a temptation. Three pillars of a temptation. It is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. These three things will be before you all the days of your life. But let's break down the account with Adam and Eve, and then we're going to talk about when Christ was tempted in the in the, uh, in the wilderness, and then we'll go into the process of a temptation and how the enemy does it for you, right? And then we're going to talk about how to resist. And not fall into those temptations. But let's read Genesis chapter 3, verses um, 1 through 7. Let's read. Let's break it down. This is dense. This is dense in those first seven verses. Now, the serpent was craftier than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made, right? He said to the woman, did God actually say, you should not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You should not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, lust of the flesh, and that it was a delight to make uh delight to the eyes, lust of the eye and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, the pride of life, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he also ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloth. Now, let's break this scripture down because it's levels, but I think it's First John either 3 or 2 that says, "'Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world.'" If any man or any woman loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. These three pillars of a temptation are, 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 are in front of us throughout all the days of our lives. It, just like it was in Eve, just like it was for Jesus, just like it was for all of us. We will always be tempted if we have lust of our of fleshly lust, if we have eyes that are lustful. And if we are prideful of this life, we'll break those three down, but we'll see it in this text, right? Um, Let's keep going. Now, the serpent was crafting any other beast in the field the Lord God had made. Don't forget that phrase, Lord God, Lord God made. He said to him, did God actually say? You notice when Satan said, did God really say, you should not eat of any tree in the garden? What word is missing? The one word that's missing is Lord, Lord. The reason why he took the word Lord out of Lord God is because he wants to be God. And he understood that if I can get you to be God, because it's impossible to be a Lord over your life because you're ineffective. But his goal is to get us to think like we are God. And in the text, it says not a serpent was crafting any beast of the field that the Lord God had made. So God has said, I'm not just God. I am Lord. Lord God says, hey, I'm not just the supreme being. I'm the keeper. I'm the sustainer of everything. And so what he tried to paint the picture was a half truth of God. So when he came to Eve and what he comes to us all the time is not only to uh, question um, the words of God, but to question God's uh, essence. So he came to Eve and said, did God actually say? That sounds like a hater. That sounds like somebody that don't want you to know the full truth about God. And you will always be susceptible into falling into temptations if you don't truly see God as a keeper. If you don't see him as Lord, the one that's able to rule, govern peacefully, gently, justly with love, balanced love to ensure that we have what we need to have in life to fulfill the purpose that is placed in us. He said, did God actually say You should not eat of any tree in the garden. He will always pose a question. Many of us are ignorant of Satan's devices. We are ignorant of the depths of Satan. I think in Revelation talks about the depths of Satan, that many of us do not know our enemy enough not to be consumed by our enemy, not to be uh, uh, an idolatry of our enemy, not to be a demon hunter or a devil hunter, but to at least know your component. Anybody in war who doesn't know their component will not succeed. Any person who does not know their component will not succeed. And so the main thing that he came at Eve was saying, did God really say? But many of us skip over the fact that he questioned or removed the key part of who God is. And that's Lord. Lord meaning keeper. Satan said, did God actually say you should not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, which shows that she knew. We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, notice that he got her saying God and not Lord God. But God said, you should not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. Let's keep going. But the serpent says to the woman, another question. Questioning God's omnipotence, questioning God's power, questioning God's um, um, consequences. Uh, but the serpent said to the woman, you should not surely die. Never entertain someone that used the word surely. Because <laughs> when he said you won't surely die, it implies that there will be some death. He says you will not surely die for God knows. wants you to question what as if God is hiding something from you. God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So Satan not only questions again, the uh, or, or, or for the first time, but in the second question, God's omnipotence and God's warning, he also was trying to get her to be like God. The issue with us and what caused us to be susceptible to accepting Satan's counterfeits versus God's counterparts. It's when we want to be like God. God, I know my life better than you. I can control my life better than you. I got this, God. I don't need you. Now, do all of us say that? Do many of us say that? No, but we do it through our actions. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understandings, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. That's important for us to understand that he will direct our paths Paths, but we have to make sure that we trust. But it's hard to trust when we trust us, right? So he said, Serpent said to him, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So he questioned or he tried to pin Eve against God and saying, God is not really honest. God hasn't been true to you. Look at me. You look what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to put you on game. God, God's taking too long. God's not bringing your husband in timely manner. God's not bringing your wife this. God's not doing this. But I got something for you. I'll look out for you. God don't look out for you because he knows something that you don't know. Because if you knew this on your own, you can do this on your own. And that's what his ultimate objective is, is to get us to be our own gods. And in doing so, we'll worship him as God and be entangled with his system. God is not hiding anything from you. God is keeping things from you. See, God doesn't hide things from you as if like you should know this, but I'm not going to let you know. God says, if I speak things into your life prematurely, you're not strong enough to bear it. God said, I'm not hiding things from you. I'm letting you know, Uh, I'm not letting you know, but but I'm keeping you because I'm Lord. Notice he took Lord out, keeper, governor, responsible, right? He took that out so it can make her think that God ain't really trying to look out for me. He's not really trying to let me enjoy my life. Let's keep going. So when the woman saw the enemy's suggestions wants to get to your sight, and that's why I have a word in my notes that says simulation. The enemy's ultimate objective through his system and his demonic entities to create a simulation, a fantasy in your mind for you to see what's in front of you, how he wants you to see it, and negate how it was supposed to be seen. God holds the definition of everything. He knows exactly how marriage is supposed to be seen. He knows exactly how um, dating and courting was meant to be seen. He knows exactly how manhood was created to be seen, woman was created to be seen, children. He holds the original um, um, definition and perception or perspective for everything, but the enemy wants to create a simulation in your mind in a fantasy world that will have you looking at this tree that God told you not to eat from. at this tree that's in the midst of your life to leave it alone. And he will create a simulation in your mind that will cause your eyes as if you had those virtual reality goggles. You, He puts the virtual reality goggles in front of you so that you will see the imagery in front of you differently than God's original intent for it to be seen. And that's why he wants you to be God, because God simply, and people ask, so then why did God um, create uh, uh, a tree? Why did God put the tree in the midst of a garden? Why did God create Satan knowing that he will fall? Because love cannot be proven unless love is tested. Just because you get married, all the attractive men, all the attractive women, they're not going to disappear. So what God is saying, in order for people um to know real love, they have to have an option. The reason why God gave us free will, because he wanted people to love genuinely, factually, and not be a robot made to love, so he allowed that tree to be there to say, "Hey, don't touch this, because this will, this will, this will prove relationship—not prove to him like God the intel, but that's just how love is. Love is not the um, acceptance of everything; it's the uh, uh, um, not acceptance of everything. Meaning that I love my wife. I don't care what any other woman out there, out there, has to offer or wants to offer." God's not going to take them away. That proves my love by my restrictions, by my limits. And so that's what the enemy wants us to do. It is interesting how God give us 99. Thank you so much for giving. God will give us 99 trees, but a God in their mind in human form wants it all. So many of us, we're not, contentment says, I'm content with the 99 trees. Meaning that God is saying that that there's there's an abundance in your own contentment. That when you're content in God, there's an abundance there. But when a person is seeing the world carnally and and like the devil, then you're going to want, I don't just want 99 trees. I want 100% of the trees. I don't just want where I'm at in my life. I want all encompassing. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, lust of the flesh, was good to the food, was good for food, lust of the flesh, and it was a delight to the eyes, lust of the eye, and she and that the tree was to desire to make one wise pride of life. Let's break those three down. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, pride of life. Heaven it should be our goal. Uh, I sure will, Chelsea. Make sure you ask that question um, when we get to the end part of the um on the topic here. But the enemy's objective is for us to be proud of here and not allow heavens heaven to be our goal and to heaven to be our um uh, assignment. And what I mean by that, um, yes. Oh, good question. I'm getting there, Aries. I'm getting there to why as Satan came to Eve first. I'm getting there. And so what? What the enemy wants is for us to be proud of this life proud of our cars proud of where our identity comes from our cars our house our relationship our children that that our our life is not in the glory of god but is in the glory of our own selves that we he wants us to be proud of this life not pursuing and working and being productive for the next life because life is like a vapor. You're here and you're going, but eternity is forever. So the enemy's ultimate objective is to change our perspective and and, to have us be proud of this life. See, that's why I'm so glad Jesus freed me, where I'm no longer uh, caught up in how big my ministry is gonna be. I'm not caught up in how big my house is gonna be. I'm not worried about that. I am focused on my eternity assignment because a wise person invests in where they're going to be the longest, not where they're going to be the shortest. And so when you have that perspective, then you will live life in production and producing for the kingdom of God. That's right. There is nothing good in this world except for the things that God allows us to enjoy for our assignment. That's right. For our assignment to be done. And heaven is our real home. We're just pilgrims passing through. And when you have that mindset, you will see everything how they're supposed to be seen. Now, to your question. Oh, let me finish this formula first. He does this by making us proud of his life. He does this by uh, making sure that we are more flesh dominant than spirit dominant. He wants us to um, engage and to embrace how we were born in, not reborn to. And the lust of the flesh is all the carnal desires, impurity. Um 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 all the greed, selfishness, evil, cutting corn, all those lusts of the flesh because lust is never satisfied. And so when we when a person does understand God's perfect love that casts out all fear or doesn't allow God to love them, then they will be loosed with their own lust to pursue things prematurely through impulsiveness and impatience and then they will find themselves never their thirst and their hunger never quenched. The Bible says they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Filled for what? To fill. Fulfill. I'm full because he quenched my thirst. I'm hungry and thirsting after his righteousness. Who he is and who he desires for me to be. Not only in my righteous positionally, but I'm desiring to allow the Holy Spirit to make the other areas in my life right so that I can do the right thing because I know how to rightly divide. So he gets in the lust of the flesh and then anything in the heart that boils floods through the eyes. Whatever's in your heart, the Bible says your eyes are the window to the soul. When you look in a person's eyes, you can almost see their soul. The way their eyes look, the way they look at things show you the contents of their soul. So now whatever they see, their ultimate objective is that's my goal. I'm going after that. So that's why you got to be very careful with your vision boards to make sure that what you see every day is not for you to be proud of this life. But for you to fulfill what 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 like what God gave you life for, nothing wrong with vision boards, nothing wrong with setting goals. But the mindset has to be that this is not for me to be proud of this life. This is for me to to ensure that the life of Christ is in the light in life of others, right? But the enemy says, be fleshly, look fleshly through your eyes. And gather things around you that makes you proud of this life. Because if you love this life more than you love uh, being with God, you will not be able to live with God. Now, for the question that said, why did God? Now, why, why did Satan come to Eve first? Why did Satan come to Eve first? The enemy will always angle himself at the weaker part of your vessel. Whatever area, whatever part of your vessel, because the Bible says the woman is the weaker vessel. See me, I'm not saying the woman is is weak. She's the weaker vessel in frame. But look at it metaphorically how it is in the text. Why does Satan come to Eve? Because all of us inside of us have a weaker part of our vessel. So he's going to communicate from that angle. But he's not going to come to the strong man, the strong areas in your life. He's going to come to the area of your life that is the weaker part of your vessel to question God on those premises, on those standards. Right. But the end. But but you see it throughout life. Exactly. That's what we get to. It says she took of his fruits and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Now. This boils down to Christ and the church and Adam and Eve. Adam's fulfilled his singleness assignment. And as soon as God put him to rest, he pulled out of him Eve, pulled Eve out of him and then healed the womb and then woke Adam up. When Adam woke up, his eyes looked at Eve and began to say, blood of my blood, flesh of my flesh, oh, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, I will call you woman, blah, 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 spirit poetry. What happened was he began to love the woman. You can kind of tell throughout the nuance. He began to love the woman more than the, he began to love the gift more than the gift giver. Because if he truly loved God more than Eve, fellas, hear me. You cannot love your woman more than God. You cannot love your kids more than God. You cannot, because that would be the one that passes you the fruit. And so what happened was Adam, who was with her, I didn't learn this till I was 20 some years old. I thought Adam was at like five trees down. No, the Bible says Adam was with her, but Christ says, I love the church I love the church so much but I'm not gonna allow Peter to cause me to uh, to not fulfill my purpose I'm not gonna allow um, 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 any of the people that follow me to hinder me from my purpose that's why Jesus is saying don't be like Adam don't be like Moses don't don't love like Eve, like Adam don't love your gift more than the gift giver and like Moses don't love your assignment and the people you serve more than me because it would keep you out of your promised land and because Eve Adam listen to Eve Adam, because he ate, caused the fall. Then I think, man, I didn't put the rest of the verses on here. Let's let's read that together because there's more to this. But um, then there, the Bible keep reading. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked. Now, what is the implications of this? There are certain things God doesn't want to be unlocked, and you don't unlock it till you taste it. That's why the Bible says don't awaken love before it's time. There's nothing wrong with love making. But if you awaken it before it's time, it's no longer love. So what God is saying is like the reason why I didn't want you to eat from this tree and the reason why we didn't want to get you down this path is because I knew you wasn't able to handle it. And the reason why God is saying do not taste this is because your eyes will be open to the evils of it. So if you have sex before marriage and you do these different things before it's time, then it will open your eyes to a whole new world. Open your eyes. And then you you can't you can't unsee it. You can't unfeel it. And if you can't unfill it, then they're going to try to fill it with more opportunities for you to fall into temptation again. That's why it's important to walk by the spirit of God and not by the flesh so that you won't fulfill the deeds of the flesh. But if you keep unlocking things that was never meant for you to unlock it, opening your minds to it, then you're going to be like Adam and Eve, which says, and they eyes were of both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin costs. Or in other words, you're going to try to fix it yourself. God, I okay, I messed up. Now I can't even go to God. Why well, am going to try to, so I'm naked. Oh, I'm exposed. Oh, wow. I didn't know all this came with this. And now I'm trying to cover myself, but I got to, I got to get the rest of Genesis three. I got to get the rest of Genesis three because Genesis, Genesis three is one of my favorite chapters to preach because of the layers of it. Let me, um, let me find it so I can, we can, we can do Bible study. We can read this together. Um, let's, uh, uh, let me make sure I found it. Here we go. All right. Let's read the rest of Genesis three. Uh, can y'all see that? Okay. y'all can't see. Okay. Man. All right. Here we go. Uh, but the serpent said, okay, here we go. And they heard, okay, here we go. Then the eyes of both were open and they knew they were naked and they sewed things together and made themselves loincloths, right? It continues to read. And they heard the sound of the Lord God. Now, see, God, uh, God said, just because Satan called me God doesn't change that I'm the Lord God. And you'll see why he's still Lord God, and you'll see it. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the, in the cool of the day. See, God didn't like the heat either. I, I See, I knew me and God, we knew, we, we, we just alike. God said, man, listen, I made this sun kind of too hot. And, and even not even me even me i, I created the sun for his purpose but listen i i come in the cooler of the day you know what i'm saying i, I like cooler cool, day. cool day. and the man and his wife hid themselves in the new covenant with god god's saying don't run away from my sound don't hide yourself from my sound because i'm still lord god They looked at him just as God. Who God? We preaching you. They looked at him as just God. So they looked at him as supreme. Now they didn't because the enemy tricked them into thinking that he was just God. They hid themselves. But if they knew that he was Lord God, they would have said, "God, I have sinned before you. Heal me." Let's keep going. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. It's crazy how many of us try to hide ourselves from other created behind other created things. We'll say, you know what, instead of me going to God and repenting and going to God and asking for forgiveness, I'm going to hide myself in my career. I'm going to hide myself behind my addiction. God I didn't create addiction, but you see what I'm saying. I'm going to hide myself behind this. I'm going to emotionally eat. I'm going to hide myself. I'm not going to go to God, but instead I'm going to hide myself in the presence of God because I feel condemned. That's we have a God mindset saying that He's just God. But when you say He's Lord God, He's loving, He's, He's, uh, He's a He's an organizer, He's 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 uh Well, I ain't gonna spell the word Lord, I was trying to be off the top of the dome, but you hear what I'm saying. But we try to hide ourselves behind other things created instead of going to the creator. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you, fellas, fellas? I don't care what your wife does. I don't care what you observe the character of your woman to, to make sure you don't have to deal with unnecessary issues because it doesn't matter. God is coming to you. This doesn't mean the woman is not responsible for her actions. But if you choose to be a husband, you were supposed to tend. Adam should have been like, nah, Eve, we ain't about that. We don't do that. We, we don't talk to him. He talking first off. Satan knows if you a man of God or if you a pansy man. He knows, cause how is Adam gonna let another dude with scaly skin spit game to his woman? First off, you spit game to my woman in my face. He knew Adam was soft, cause ain't nobody gonna be like, "Yo, what's up, player? What's up, Adam? How you doing?" But Eve, come in and holler at you. So we already knew. All right, we knew we peep game. Adam, Adam was just Adam was just soft. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? The reason why God in this point did not just uh, immediately judge them. He was giving them an opportunity. He said, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. God's like, bro, I made you like that, bro. How you gonna hide your nakedness? But it wasn't the body nakedness; it was the exposure of their soul. They never felt those kind of feelings before. They never felt displeasure or wrongdoing. And he said, "I heard the sound of you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself." He said, "Who told you that you were naked?" God I always putting questions. Who told you was naked, bro? Have you eaten of the tree of which I command you not to eat? See, God was giving him opportunities, and God gives opportunities as well. God is saying, Man, where are you? Where are you? We supposed to be kicking it. I came to the cooler day. I came to the courts to hoop with you in the cooler of the day. I came to the part where we were always in the cool of the day. I came to see you. Where are you? Oh, Adam had to say, you know what? I'm behind these trees, God, but I want your presence. The enemy wants you afraid of God's presence. That's why he removed the word Lord. Instead of putting Lord God, he put just God. So now that you are afraid of God, because God is now, God is supreme ruler and judge. He said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? Then the man said, pansy. Let me stop, because I was, a pan, I, was I'm, I, I can't, I, didn't, I can't even call this man pansy. Because I've done this many times too. I can't call Adam pansy. I've been guilty of this. We all been guilty of this. The man said, the woman whom you gave to me, she gave me the fruit and tree and That's when Adam messed up. That's where Adam messed up. And that's where we mess up in our lives. What do you mean, Josh? It is not that he blamed the woman, he blamed God. He said, "Uh, uh, the woman whom you gave to me, Saying, God, well, you knew I could handle this. You gave me this woman. The reason why many of us keep falling into temptation because we keep blaming others instead of looking in our own mirror. He said, um, the woman whom you were with, the woman whom you gave to me, gave to be with me, to be, gave to be, you gave life to, to be with me, that you did this, God, it's your fault. She gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, I right, bet, I right, cool, because we might if Eve if Eve tell me the truth, we can get Adam out the way and I'll go back to the ground. And I ain't saying this. I ain't saying this theology. I'm just giving my my, my comedic interpretation. He was like, but I'm going to go to the woman then, because if she if she peeps game of my questioning, then maybe we can get rid of Adam. I can create another. I'm just joking. Let me stop there because I don't want nobody to get confused saying that Coach Josh said that God was going to take adam out but he just let what the woman whom you gave to me with me gave me fruit of the tree and i ate bruh bruh you should have just say i ate the tree i ate the fruit now nah, you put so many stuff in there you said the woman you gave to me she gave me a fruit it's crazy how we'll get a gift and then blame the gift giver about the gift because we drift because of the gift then the Lord God said to the woman, "What is this that you have done?" The woman said, "The serpent deceived me, and so I see you see the blame game. The blame game makes you lame. It makes you lame. Double entendre it makes you lame as a person and it makes you unable to walk, right? The woman said, "The serpent deceived me." And the Lord God said to serpent, "Because you have done this, God still God said, "Listen, all y'all getting this smoke. All y'all getting the smoke. Because you have done this, Cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. That's why they lost their arms and stuff. I think some scientists, I saw um thing where they still, the snakes still have areas where there could have been arms and legs. That they said some snakes got little slithers, slits. I don't know. I saw it in a, a documentary. They still got slits in parts of their body where their legs used to be. I just 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 look it up. Just I probably shouldn't have said it until I made sure it was cool. Right. But the beast of the field on your belly you should go, and the dust of the uh, dust you shall eat. All the days of your life. Be very careful. Nah, I ain't gonna go there. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. That's why everybody hates snakes. I'm just joking. Anyway, he shall bruise. Oh, no, nah, this is this the, this the gospel. My bad, Lord, forgive me. I skipped over the gospel. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. What he telling Satan is, that shows you that the devil made people. Your offspring. The Bible talks about how the uh the angels, the um um the angels uh did uh made it with the women of earth. They saw that it was beautiful, made it with them, and now they created offspring. Those are the are the, uh, the Nephilims, the giants that built the pyramid. You think humans built them pyramids, yo? You really think humans built them pyramids? You, uh, uh, them jokers, they, they say they found bones of, of of giants 36 feet tall, super strength. So he said, I will put in between you and the woman in between your offspring and her offspring who he shall bruise your head. Talking about Jesus. God was still Lord enough to say Jesus, who was for the uh, by which everything was made, who was the word and the word became flesh. And the word was before time. He will bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Basically, what he's saying is. We are in the middle of a war. He says, My offspring, because of the one offspring, my son, Jesus, that's begotten of me, my only begotten son, the one that comes in when he fulfilled, and he, you bruise his heel, but he crushes your head. This, this, this person, Jesus. It's going to create an offspring of believers that's going to be warring between offsprings. That's why the Bible says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against demonic principalities, people who are not even humans. They're so deeper than this. Then he said to the woman, he said, I will surely multiply multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband. Have you not noticed that this is still perpetuated? People just look at just the childbirth thing. But the other curse towards the woman that a woman will always annoy the man. I'm just telling you joke. That women will always be in contention, always want to be in control. The Jezebelic avenue of controlling the house. That you will always that your desire shall be contrary to your husband. That you that that, that if that area is not healed by Jesus, you're gonna always be contentious. You're gonna always try to find control. You're gonna always try to uh, lead that man versus being led by him. And through this, the feministic culture was birthed, through this, uh, the Jezebelic spirit will birth all of this was birth because of the fall. So people just looked at the woman just got childbearing issues, but we don't read other, your desire should be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. That's the other side. If But but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Now, verse 17, and to Adam, he said, I came to you first, but I judge you last. Everybody else got their light work. Because you didn't handle that question correctly. What if, I'm just saying, what if, what if Adam would have just said, you know what, God, I sinned. I messed up. It wasn't like God came to the cool day, yo. Y'all, y'all messed up everything. You go to hell, you go to hell, you go to hell. You're gonna have childbearing pains. You're gonna be on your belly forever. God just God always comes with an opportunity. He don't just come strictly with his omnipotence, he comes with the opportunity. He said, What we God is trying to tell you is, He said, Don't don't fear what I'm gonna do. Uh, embrace what I did. Embrace what I did through Jesus for you. Embrace that I am Lord God. I, Lord comes before God. He says, "I'm here to still endeavor to keep you." So what he was saying is, he was trying to—he's trying to tell us, hear my questions and answer with me being Lord first and not God. And he said to the man, "Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, fellas, and it's for everybody." God's voice must be the supreme voice because you will be punished by not listening to the voice and not adhering to the voice. Because you have listened, not because you've heard her voice, but because you listened to her voice and have eaten of the tree. First off, we got to be very careful. We'll talk about the presentation that you can't just lend your ear to everyone because that's just one of the first parts of it. Listening. You shouldn't even we shouldn't be entertaining the devil's suggestions. We should be entertaining him. But what oftentimes happen? we lend him our ear. Oh, what? Are you trying to keep us from what? Wow, God, wow, God, wow, God, wow. Are you trying to keep that from me? Wow, God, wow. I thought we was cool. You, you ain't going to tell me everything about my life? Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, because you listen to the voice of these preachers, because you listen to the voice of this false teacher, because you listen to the voice of of, of your own voice, because you listen to your mama, because you listen to your dad, because you listen to everyone else and you ate from their tree, ate from the tree of which I commanded you, you should not eat of it. That's why the enemy doesn't want us to know God's commands, God's wisdom, God's guidance, because he knows, man, if you don't know this, I can angle my suggestions against it. Of which I commanded you not to eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. So now work is cursed. That's before the work of Christ. So before the work of Christ and before you become into Christ, work becomes hard. Work becomes like what he continues says. Cursed is the ground because you. Cursed is everything because of you. In pain, you should eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and this should bring forth to you. You want those. You want to produce that book you want to produce that album you want to produce that business but it'll be thorns and thistles with it and you should eat the plants of the field but the sweet but the sweat of your face you shall eat bread by the sweat of your face you should eat bread till you return to the ground hmm. for out of it you were taken for you are dust and to the dust you shall return but thank god for jesus man ever since i gave my life to christ and I allowed Christ to change my life and give me the right perspective about diff- different things. Work has no thorns and thistles, because thorns and thistles comes with cares of his life. The Bible says multiple different types of heart. There's heart that's hardened, that just got the ground. There's heart that has stones in it. There's heart that has thorns in it that chokes the word because of the cares of his life. You 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 shouldn't be you should be a carrier of life, not a carer of life. Right. So when you carry life, you got thorns and thistles in your heart and it chokes the word. It chokes the gifts. It chokes everything. But when you carry life and life more abundantly then work, because don't get me wrong, that's, there's, it, there's um, um, things you go through with work, but there's peace, though. The ground has been blessed now because of Christ, because the blood has hit the ground. And because we in him now, everything that we do from here on forward is blessed. The man called his wife, his wife named Eve, because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skin and cloth and clothed them. That's powerful. God said, even though with judgment, I'm still going to cover you. That's what makes him the Lord God. The pillars of a temptation. And then we'll uh, we'll break down Jesus story. Um, let's go ahead and break down Jesus' story now. Let's go ahead and do that. Uh, let's go to Matthew 4. Genesis 3, you see that Genesis 3 was the fall of man, Matthew 4 was when Christ was tempted. That's Matthew 4, right? What he was saying, the order you see, the first book of the Bible was Genesis 3, was the fall, the first book of, of the New Testament. It's Matthew, Matthew chapter four. After chapter three had happened, now God is, well, this is deep, getting down. He's trying to show us, after that chapter's closed, let me show you how to handle it going forward. Matthew chapter four, verses one through 11. Let's break this down. Let's see how Christ wants us to handle it. Um, Let's break this down when we get to how to resist. We'll break this down once we get to how to resist because I wanna make sure I cover the process so you can kind of see so it can be so you can kind of see um <clears throat> how um how Satan gets us. See that tree's not gone. Metaphorically, real realistically it was here, but metaphorically it's in our life. Um, there's always gonna be a, a tree um with, with different types of branches, different types of fruit for me to eat off of. Um and and God is wanting us to be put on game so that we're not so that we don't put ourselves in a position to fall. Now let's talk about the process or the simulation. Remember, I said simulation, how you'll try to put goggles in your face and have you see God's original thing uh opposite the way it was supposed to be seen. Now, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine steps in how the enemy terminates our lives. The the um the mission statement or the vision statement of of of, of Hale LLC is to steal, to kill, destroy. That's his vision statement. Vision statement. The mission statement is, is to bring all y'all to hell with me. That's the mission statement. The vision statement is, this is how this is how I bring you to hell with me. See, the mission, the mission statement of of hell is you ain't going to heaven. We're going to do whatever it takes to get you down here with me. All right. The vision statement, which is like buzzwords, sentences that kind of tells you how they will fulfill that mission is to steal, to kill and destroy. Here's the process of how the devil wants to terminate our purpose in our lives earthly and eternally. And if he can't do it eternally, because you seal by the Spirit of God to destroy it in this earth realm. Now, number one, how does Satan cause us to fall into temptations and terminate our purpose, the that effect, our is in this earth realm, and potentially us being eternally separated from God? How does he do this? First off, we gotta know who he is. Um The character of satan is not and i got a book uh that talks about spiritual warfare and all that good stuff called world war me i go in great details in this book on the nature and character of satan and how we're supposed to equip ourselves and it has scripture in the back because the scriptures are our bullets that we boom 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 you know knock them out um but the bible talks about more about satan not more about but um talks to Satan. thank you for having that book point around talks about satan being a an angel of light, being cunning, knowing that the Bible, knowing, notice the Bible said he was he came in an animal that was crafty, crafty, cunning. Um, you don't, you're not a crafty and cunning person. Doesn't show evil first. They embody evil packaged in in um in, in, in uh in goodness and in, in whatever enticement embodying evil, but packaged in enticement. <clears throat> so Satan will never come in your life. The only time the enemy comes devilishly is after he came angelically. He will only reveal the devilish side of him after he has gave an image of his angelic nature. Notice he was an angel too. So he knows how to be angelic. He says that the Bible talks about how the devil comes, um, oh man, what's the scripture? Uh, man, y'all help me out. Uh He comes, As an angel of light and will not also his sons, his teachers, false prophets will do the same. That's why the the more appealing they are, the more you got to look at them. The more that's why you look at all these preachers. Why do you think they got the sneakers and preachers? Why do you think they care about their sneakers, care about their dress, care about how they look? Now, don't get me wrong, not all preachers who do that are like that. It's just that more, most preachers, men of God and women of God, are now wanting, they're being uh, uh, in, intrigued by seducing spirits. Because of the seducing spirits like, don't you want a church like them? So Satan got his own men who are preachers, got his own men and women who are exuding this look of Christianity this angelic form of it that's inspiring real men, real women of God to want to be like this. So hear what I'm saying. Not everyone who cares about the adornment of their flesh. Even John the Baptist, when the Pharisees came, who was uh, who are sons of Satan, he says, "Look at them in a soft clothing." There's two types of expression of the church. You got the the power Im- the embodiment of God's power, like John the Baptist, wool skin. Who don't care about their look, but they got the power or you got the ones with the soft clothing that only express their, their, their quote unquote ability through their adornment. Right. So that's why the devil says, let's get all these preachers with V-neck shirts, tight jeans. Let's look. So everyone will look at their joints, look at their jeans, look at their clothes. This ain't the IP game. So so what what I'm saying is um, because I used to think the same. But when God brought me out of that mentality, now I know how to spot false preachers. Not all of them are false. It's just a lot of the guys up under here wants what these devil worshipers want. And so what they do is they start mimicking them so they can be like them. And that's how the devil uh, um, neutralized the power in the church. Whitewash tombs. See what I'm saying? You clean the outside of the good skinny jean pack. Come on, bro. Why are you wearing skinny jeans? That's seductive. That's seducing. See, so you got a peep game. These preachers who's passing around like women, talking like women, moving like women, dressing like women. He wants to erase masculinity. Why you think this culture is trying to get rid of men? And I heard someone say, on ESP, or oh, was it Fox Sports? Uh, uh Jason Woodlock, I believe he said. He said the reason why six million people plus tuned into the Jordan documentary is because culture has been uh, feminized to the point to where everybody's been so used to these metrosexuals and people who dress like this that when a man shows up, people are drawn to men. The enemy knows that God is 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 a father, and if I can demasculate demasculate and take the Lord out of it and remove the essence of it and make God big mama. And that's what he wants. He wants God to be viewed as big mama. Uh, these people, these grace messages, man, and all these different uh, prosperity gospel, grace gospels, they, they want, they're painting the picture that God see no sins, that God don't see what you do, that God is completely pleased by this. Come on, man. God, God still is displeased by sin. And I, I put people on game. If God doesn't see our sins no more, then why should you see your own son's sins? So if your son is sinning, don't you chasing your son? If you see your son doing wrong, do you be like, no, my because of Christ is appeased and pleased by because God is pleased by me and, 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 and does no longer judge me. I no longer judge you, son. No, a good father will say, son, don't do that. And we view as if God is going to let us do what we want to do. As if God is, he said, shall we continue? us in that grace of bells. So what I'm trying to say here, they're trying to demasculate the character of God, feminize him and create a graven image of, of, of Jesus and create us this, this, this soft, no power church. So that there won't be no deliverances, there'll be no equipment for warfare, and there won't be no advancement of God's kingdom. So what he's saying is, is that these people create, they, they look good on the outside, but they're not good. So Satan doesn't come as as horns and pitchforks and and burning stuff up. He does that in torment form. But in temptation form, he comes angelic. In torment, he comes devilish. Okay. So, what we got to understand is the balanced nature of God, the whole counsel of his word, so that we can be able to to see the word how it's supposed to be seen. So we have to understand that Satan doesn't come first as a devil, he comes as a helper. Man, I'm trying to make God been doing y'all wrong, y'all. Y'all should worship me because I'm the one giving y'all cars, clothes, and houses, and wives and husbands. I'm the one making it now, y'all. And then what y'all don't understand, and when you fall into that trap. That's right. He comes in in the form of everything you want. And then, and then the same one that tempts you is the same one that torments you. Now, let's get to the process of a temptation. That's why you got to know the word for yourself and understand that you are still in a war that you have to still win. That woman you want, that man you want, that opportunity, that's all he comes in. You're right. He comes in everything you want when you're not mature enough yet for it. Now, the process of a temptation. Number one, he tracks them. He tracks them. He tracks them. He watches them. Uh, Satan is so, no. Satan is not all knowing. Let me break that down. Glad like you said, that Satan and God are not equal. They are not equal. They are not equal. Not even close. There's no close. Satan is not. That's why he's creating a society that's trying to get stuff inside of you. That's trying to use your phones. He's trying to use technology to be like God. He wants to be like God, but he's not God. He's an imitator. God in His essence omnipresent. God in His essence omniscient. God in His presence omnipotent. Satan wants to be like Him by default. God is all that, but by other tools and technology, He's trying to be like that. Satan is not all-knowing. That's why when they say the word "track them," it shows that He has no track record of being omniscient. Exactly. So what I'm saying is, is that He tracks through His system and His servants. And it's devils. That's right. Monitoring spirits. That's right. Only but not omnipotent. That's right. He does not have those character traits. He doesn't have those abilities. What he does is he utilize his system. That's why you, gotta, you can't be watching TV all the time. You can't be on your phone all the time. All these different things could be used good, but you can't be entangled by them because it's all a part of his system to monitor us, to see what we're doing, to see what we're like. So the number one thing in regards to having you fall and being terminated by a temptation is to track them. He has like she says monitoring spirits, demons that follow you, that observe you. That says, "Okay, these are her patterns. We are habitual by nature. We are habitual by nature. We are creatures of habit. You can predict a person by observing their habits. So what they do, they track us. They say, "Okay, Usually Thursdays at this time, he's more susceptible. We as humans, do we not have analysis? Do we not have analytics? Do we not have analytics for our YouTube analytics for our Facebook analytics for our business? Don't we not have analytics? So do we not give off some level of analytics to the spiritual world? They're where they do you not know do you not think over the 10 to twelve thousand years this world has been in existence you don't think that he in his system has created some level of analytical ability to be able to observe when we are our highest and lowest not in his all-knowing nature not in the all nature of god because god knows that in his sleep and god don't sleep so god knows that off gates but there is a system that he designed and built that gives him intel about people and the demons that govern our lives and i want to make sure you understand says not omnipresent Satan is is exclusive. Satan is not everywhere. God is everywhere. God don't need no angels to bring him no intel. God don't need no preachers to bring him no intel. God has intel. Satan has to build a system that channels information to him because he's not everywhere. So he has to create some level of, of servants or servants to follow key people or things. Demons are not going to waste their time on people who are caught in cycles. They want to get people who are not in cycles in cycles, right? Only God is all-knowing, only God. The enemy's trying to build a system like God, but not, would never be equal to God. So he tracks them. They look at us, say, okay, our temptation will work Thursday at four. Because from our observation, he falls, he's more susceptible emotionally at four to fall at this area, Satan like a mafia lord and God is fall. That's right, that's right. Just like that great analogy. So they they all they assess, they watch you, they track you for a period of time and say, okay, when is she more susceptible to fall? Last time it took her two and a half months to get feelings of loneliness again. So we're gonna try two and a half months again. But if she builds her relationship with God, we'll extend another month and then we'll add some other distractions in there to weaken that connection with god so that we can maybe in the third month be able to tempt her so they track us to see when is the right time to introduce these spirits do not waste time they're not going to sit there and waste time and be like let's just throw it throw anything at throw anything at them, anything at them. they watch wow so okay okay hey little demon little demon of uh insecurity i need you to, i need you to they they, they they're, they're a team they're a team just like the lions are a team that first line goes out just to separate. Oh my goodness. I was watching the uh, the Discovery channel a long time ago, and they were talking about how lions hunt. And they say the first line is not responsible for the kill. The first line is responsible for the separation. The first spirit, the demon, is not responsible for the kill. He's not responsible to bring the brain of temptation. He's just there to cause separation. So the first line comes out there. Right, they set them up for the ambush. The first line comes to separate the strong from the weak so they can make the weak uh, animal be by themselves. So, the first demon that's sent into your life to open the door for the temptation is the one that calls separation. Do whatever you got to do. That first demon could be the demon of busyness, could be the demon, demon of distraction. That demon comes in and be like, I'm gonna just call separation between you and God real quick. Boop, that's all. That's all they got to do. They don't do this. Bam! No, 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 no. Boop, that's all we need. Because over time, see anytime it's like this, it stays like this. If it's like that, stay at that. All I gotta do is boop, and over time it goes like this. So you thinking that, that, that you thought it was what you did on Friday that proves your separation from God. And what I mean by separation, separated from your focus. Nothing can separate from the love of God. Nothing. God's love is everywhere. We're talking about mentally disseparated. God's presence is everywhere, but listen. If, if I'm not mentally involved with my wife, if I'm not mentally in love with my wife, my wife can be in my presence, but I'm not in her presence. Because my mind is somewhere else. So what, what people will say, well, 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 you, God, you can never uh, be out of God's presence. Yes, you can. Mentally tapped out. Physically, you're not separated from God's love. Mentally, you are. I can be, I, like I said, I can be in a room with my wife and be separated. I can still be married and be separated because my mind is with some other one. My mind mind is in this other area. My mind is separate of her, and it taps me out of her presence. Doesn't this happen all the time? Your kids are in your presence, but because your mind is on your work, your kids feel that you are disconnected. And the same is what God does. Like, I'm here, but you're not here. You had a kid in a classroom, and the teacher be like, Tyrone, Tyrone Jenkins, and Tyrone don't say here? Tyrone been getting it for the last six months. He's present, but he didn't hear. Tyrone, that's why God, ooh, that's why God came to Adam and said, where are you? Did he not, isn't his presence all encompassing? But Adam, where are you? I'm here, but where are you? And what was my point for going here? Um, People tune out, there we go. So he knows that, all I gotta do is cause a boop. So you thought it was Friday when I yeah, it was Friday when I no 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 the fall happened on Friday, but the dis but the but the lack of fellowship happened last Tuesday. When when you remember that night when you felt that pressure not to read your word, and, and all of a sudden that one moment where if you would have just broke that from maturity, broke that with discipline, say, you know, I'm gonna stay committed and stay faithful. But that one moment where you broke, where you broke habit where you broke discipline, where you broke training, where you broke acknowledging God, that one brief moment and you acknowledge that one little thing, that first line, that first demon said, we got her. Uh, I did my job. The first demon calls the separation. The second demon causes you farther away. The first demon calls you to separate you from your community, separate you from uh, God, separate you from fellowship, separate you from the church, separate you from the body of Christ. Cause separation. Now you're getting into uh, 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 a carnality. Now you're getting into things that you no no longer was in. That separation began to make that next that next demon comes in. Boom. And all of a sudden now that demon's ultimate objective is to continue with the separation. Everybody else going this way. That second demon comes in to keep you going towards the ambush. So what he was, that stronger demon is like, nah, we're going to keep him in that addiction. We're going to keep him in that. Keep him in that. Keep him in that direction. And then all of a sudden that last demon, the demon of death, the demon of addiction, the demon of depression, the demon of destruction, (laughs) got him. That's how they do it. That's how they track you. Who's the weaker one here? Hey, yo, um, door open demon, demon of, of distraction, demon of subtle distraction, go first. Test first. And, 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 okay, cool. But if you are part of a community, you know how the elephants do it? The elephant surrounds the weak with the hooves. That's why you can't separate yourself from those mature believers. You can't separate yourself from the body of Christ. You can't because them big old elephants... Those believers that been with God, hey, hey, come, Tyrone, come behind me. And they got the hooves. See what I'm saying? But the enemy says, who's the weakest out here? Let's cause that separation. Let's keep going for time's sake. He tracks them. She's her weakest at Fridays at 2. That demon comes back to the group of the pack and say he's his weakest. Wednesdays at 4 um that first demon comes back and say yeah but i got distracted she's still tied to tyrone she still loves tyrone tyrone is who we use they go there they go to uh, uh crystal her name popped there they go to or they not go to chris and they say you know what um he kind of looked at that girl's page a little bit longer on instagram today oh word okay he was strong he was he'd been a strong man for three years oh but he's he's he's, he's on the explore page oh, okay all right cool tracks them. Number two, <clears throat> he sparks a thought. Once he has found and has all the analytics he needs, those all the information, has everything he needs, the next thing he does, he sparks a thought, especially against your theology. Especially against your theology. Every lofty opinion against the knowledge of God. Your level of knowledge of God will determine how high he throws his loftiness. If your knowledge of God is here, he's going to throw it up here. But if you all if you keep accelerating and advancing he'll never he'll he not have nothing he' don't, his arm ain't that strong yo he can only throw but so high he, he <clears throat> the devil can throw stuff up to god's throne and it won't even get past the moon <laughs> it won't even get past and y'all know my my philosophy of of the earth and this sphere and the shape what i'm saying is he can't even throw it don't even it won't even get to the it don't even hit the bottom of heaven so if you know, if your mind is always set above, he'll always, he'll throw as high as he can. But you will be like, man, God, man God, bro, you're tripping. You sound stupid. This might be a part two. I'm going long. Uh, he sparks a thought, especially against your theology. Did God really say? Man, uh, man, God ain't, man, you won't surely die against your theology. But when you know your theology, you'll know. You'll peep holes in his arguments. The more you know, the more you see holes. That's why you can, just because they're loud about it doesn't mean they write about it. So you got to know the word of God for yourself because preachers and people will talk loud to you false doctrine and bad theology. That's why even things I take everything I'm saying right now line up with the word of God. I'm not insecure like that. You can if I if I say something out of text out of scripture, I'll remove the video. That's simple. But what I'm saying is that a lot of people loud his men are loud, <clears throat> his preachers are loud. Boisterous, colorful, loud, loud. Learn the word of God from my perspective and opinion. Don't go to the word for yourself and those people over there. They're religious. Ooh, listen to me. Listen to me. Understand the game that the devil's coming. He is attacking the real church. The devil wants his fake church to couple with the religious people. The right church. So what happens when they're the, when the right church says that's sin and that's wrong? They want you, the, 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 the devil church and his hired men. These men are not men of God. Some of these preachers you love to, I could call names right now, that's not my place. They are devil worshipers. They do not serve God. And if I tell you the fruit, if I tell you who they are, all you'll do is Google. But if you go to the spirit and he shows you, then you will have deliverance. So that's why I don't put names out there. Because if I put names out there, I'll cause controversy. If the Holy Spirit put names out there, he creates separation from them. Right. So what he does is he wants this false church to make the real church look legalistic. They're not legalistic. They're just telling you the truth. And so what happens is he wants to couple with the with the with the uh, uh, real legalistic church, the church that's just really bad legalistically. He wants to couple the church that's right with them that's why you saw throughout all this whole black lives all this stuff now all that i saw a number of people talking about where the church at the church is still working people have such a hate against god's church that they're being set up to go to the false church because the devil's gonna be like look at them they're with them look at their church they're talking just like the legalistic people no the legalistic people they're, they're extreme with theirs the real church is accurate with theirs. so the devil wants you to get caught up in his false chambers of churches and for you to look because the Bible says they would try to, they would, they would, they will kill you thinking that they're doing the will of God, and that's about to be set up. And the people who were brought out of these churches or are, are angling these churches against with the legalist church, these will be the people that will kill us. The same people that was singing Hosanna when Kerfinger came out with it, was singing Hosanna in our churches, will be the same people that was brought out of the church of God into the Satan's false churches, will be the ones crucified them. And the Bible says they will think they're doing service for God. That's why you hear the language now. Where the church at? Church is so legalistic. And so when a one world church comes about, well, this church is loving. God is big mama. Then watch all the people, the grace message, the prosperity message, all the different messages are setting it up for everyone going to heaven. Watch in about five to 10 years, theologies will be changing to no one goes to hell because if God sees no sin, If God don't see it and God is pleased because what Christ did and Christ's blood paid for the sins of the world, then that means the whole world is saved and nobody will go to hell. I'm telling you in five to 10 years, if not less, you will start hearing theology coming out in the mainstream that God loves everyone. And no one's going to hell. They tried it with that one dude's book. They're trying to write out to see how the world feels about it. That's why they're getting more vibrant and more uh, uh preachers and sneakers out here now so that we can get caught up in the look of it. And so that when these, there you go, Pharisees are going to be revealed. And they're going to be the ones going to try to come and kill the ones who they try to first kill the voice. 1st you they're going to try to kill the integrity. They're going to try to kill the voice. Then they're going to try to kill the people. So you better know who you love and know who you serve oh I will do a I, I will work on I got topics on hell I'm gonna get there for sure he'll spark a thought especially against their theology he'll spark a thought especially against their theology did God really say you won't surely die etc cetera, etc cetera. it is already happening I see it I already know they're, they're gonna be coming to get us But listen, <clears throat> why fear man can only kill the body? Who cares? I'm still in assignment. That's safety in his assignment. Let's keep going. He'll spark a thought, especially against that theology. Next point. Number three, he'll mentally, oh, oh, once he tracks them and then sparks a thought, we got him We got him thinking. We got him at least in a weak point of thinking. Have them mentally, mentally tap them out of the presence of God. Remember what I said? So what he does, I'm going to put a thought in your mind. To mentally tap you out of the presence of God. Not physically get you out of the presence. Mentally get you out of the presence. So now you start looking, oh, wow, I could have this. I could have that. Why should I wait for God when I can have this right now? Right? Mentally tap out of the presence of God. Take their focus away from God. That's what that first demon does. Boom. Take, Take the focus. Now you're looking over here and boom, boom, boom. You distance yourself. Next point. Build a thirst. Build a thirst. I would put hunger, but thirst has a T in it. Build a thirst. I want marriage badly. I want a man badly. I want a woman badly. I want success badly, badly. Once he tracks them, spark a thought, especially against the theology that causes him to mentally tap out of God's presence and not be focused in Him. Then a thirst builds. Lust. I want Lust is an overbearing desire for something. Now I must have it. It's mine and I want it now. Next point. Then he sends a tailored temptation. The Bible says in James 1, 13 through verse, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. He himself tempts no one, saying there's no evil in God, therefore God doesn't tempt. God tests, but he doesn't tempt. Verse 14, but each person, Not some people, but each person is tempted when he is lured, he or she is lured and enticed by their own desires, own desires, then desire when it has conceived, when what's in you marries what's outside of you, sin happens. Then desire when it's conceived gives birth to sin and sin when it's fully grown brings forth death. Tracks them, sparks a thought, especially get the theology, mentally tap them out of the presence of God, taking their focus away from God, build a thirst inside of them, build a real strong thirst. The Bible says, man, if you drink of me, you never thirst again. You'll be like the woman to the well, coming to this well over and over again. You know you healed when you no longer go to them anymore. You know Jesus is your quench. He's your Gatorade. You know what I'm saying? He's your Gatorade when you don't go to any other well anymore. Then he sends a tailored temptation to you. He says, "After I got my intel about her, after I got my intel about him, okay, we're gonna tailor a temptation, something that's tailored to you." So they investigate. Yo, call up who was that demon that was with his pops? Yeah, get get that demon on the phone. I want to talk to him. Demon, talk to that demon. Yo, what was wrong with Tyrone's pops? Was what generational thing? What was passed down? Oh, word. Yeah, man, Tyrone's pops, Tyrone singing. Man, that man was a wild boy <clears throat> back in the 60s. Back in the 50s, that boy was a wild boy. Oh, he was a wild boy? We got to make his boy just as wild as him. Thank you for the intel, all right? All right, man, I wasn't there. I just I just met Tyrone. I, I just got hired on, on the job of Tyrone today. I just got hired on, on, on Tiffany today. Demon says I'm new to Tiffany. So in order for me to know Tiffany, okay, um, what happened to her at 12, 13, many years? What happened key ages? What happened to her at six? What happened to her at 12? What happened to her at 16? What happened to her at 18? What happened to her at maybe 24? Those are key ages of life to a degree, whether five, whether, uh, you know what I'm trying to say. Yo, at six, man, she was molested. Oh, word? Okay. Oh, at 12, she, you know, she was this. Oh, no, 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 no. We can't use that. Trauma scars. What we're going to do is she still loves Tyrone, huh? Yeah, man. I read her journal the other day. She's talking about Tyrone uh, is the love of her, of her life. She miss him. Word, I all I got to do. Hey, call, hey who, who watching Tyrone now? Bethuselah? Uh, Bethuselah's watching Tyrone? They put Bethuselah on Tyrone, and they ain't hiring me to be on Tyrone? Wow, Satan. Wow. You going to put Bethuselah on Tyrone? And I are you put me with the woman. <laughs> no, no offense. You put me with Tiffany, who love the Lord, and Tyrone out there, wow. Why you couldn't put me on Tyrone's job? Just call Tyrone's demon. Hey, yo, man. Make Tyrone think about Tiffany today. Why you want me to make up like Tim- uh, Tiffany right now? Because we are trying to get Tiffany in a trap, bro. I'm trying to get up in ranks. So help. can you help me with Tiffany, bro? Can you help me with Tiffany so I can at least get to uh, uh, Timothy down the road, who's a young preacher who had lust issues at 16? Can I? I'm trying to get elevated to a better job. So can you do me one favor and get Tyrone to text Tiffany r- in the next five minutes? I bet I, I'll get Tyrone to text Tiffany in about four and a half minutes. All right, cool. Hey yo, Tyrone, man. You remember Tiffany know how good she was? You know how good it was. You remember Tiffany? Ain't nobody did that to you like Tiffany did. Call Tiffany. I know where Tyrone's like, hey man, oh, I'm gonna call Tiff. You see how she's doing grabs the phone hey big head mm-hmm, mm-hmm. demon watching tiffany's like wow yeah text went through thanks bruh Th- hey man thank you getting that text through text gets through tiffany's like girl tyrone texting me big head demon getting nervous oh shoot she done went to her friend oh shoot hey who's her friend susan can you preoccupy her? Help, make sure she don't see that text. Keep, keep her from looking. That's why when God uh, uh, nudges you to check on your friend, check on them. Demon, demon, but but you know she's not a Lord. Put her in the Bible real quick. You know, she put her in the Bible real quick. Have her watch one of these preachers. Bam. Dang, man, my friend ain't texting me back. Tyrone sent another text through. Tiffany be like, all right, man. Here's my new address. whoop de whoop tailored temptation. They work a lot behind the scenes. They send a tailored temptation or they set the trap. Next, they build trust. They build trust. They don't just be like, bam, we got you. Now we're going to torment you. You feel for it. No, they want to build trust with your thirst. Your thirst has been quenched. Look who's your savior now. Now you like God, knowing good and evil. Look at you, girl. You got your man. Put him on the ground. Go ahead and put him on the gram. You got your man. Yeah, yeah, you got your man. Yeah, yeah, you got your man. Yeah, yeah, you got your man. Yeah, man. God is so good. That's what we do. God is so good. God ain't bless you with that. Look, God is so good, man. I, I enjoy my singleness. I read Coach Josh purpose singleness, but me and Tyrone, we back. You know, we got this. God is good. Look, look, me and Bay, me and Bay. Now the quarantine's lifted. <clears throat> me and Bay, we we out here eating now. All part of the trap. Build your trust. God, now they try to say, God bless you with this. Then all of a sudden, you no longer trust God in it no more because you didn't want God from the first place. He builds trust. And then after trust has built, he ensures transgression. The Bible says, but each person is tempted when he is lured or she is lured and enticed by their own desire. Thirst has risen, drawn them by their own lust and, and, and become enticed by their own desire." Then desire what it has conceived give birth sin. So what he does is he wants to build wants you to build trust with it. And the demon says, "We gotta make them sin though, because then their eyes will be opened." And then she was she was she was pure. She she was committed to God for six seven years. For two years she said she wasn't gonna do that no more. She said she wasn't gonna throw it back for nobody. She said she she keeps it all in the hands of God. She keeps her whole life and her purity in God's hands, right? And all of a sudden, now nah, we gotta get her to taste it again. We gotta get him to taste it again. Just take, just ensure it as a transgression, because sin would either have you do one or two things. It would either have you run to the Savior. It would either have you run to say, "I've sinned. God, help me." Or what have you, like Adam and Eve hiding behind trees. But they have to get you to sin. Because sin is a succulent taste. It's a sweet taste. It tastes good in the beginning. Nothing in this world. Everything God wants you to do in the beginning tastes like celery. (laughs) It tastes like fruits and vegetables. Everything the devil wants you to do tastes like honey buns, Cupcakes with sprinkles, tastes like fat back, tastes like liver mush and grits and cheese. It tastes great, though it doesn't digest well. But what God gives you, it may not taste good now, but you'll feel this energy later. So what he says, I got to have them sin, though, I got to get them to taste it. I got to get them to do it so that now. We could govern the next point, govern the time frame, time frame of trust, and get them tangled in an addiction or its consequences. So what it is is like now you don't open up a love before its time. Now your body's all going crazy. Now your body wants it all the time because your body was only meant to do that in the safest place of marriage, but because you did it um, outside of it, now your body's. Just it's that flesh becomes dominant because it's triggering. Now your body's triggered, and it's like, man, I just got, I got to, I got to. Now they gotta govern the time frame. Because when your desire is inside of you, when your thirst inside of you gets with the temptation outside of you, it conceives, it conceives sin. The sin, the issue of the sin is not known because when conception, the woman, the woman's stomach's not big. Okay, and when it has conceived, it gives birth to sin. Okay, over time they have to govern the time frame because it's going to start birthing sin. Now habitual sin. Now it's a part of you. Now it's a part of your lifestyle. And sin when it's fully grown. That's why they got to govern that time frame. We got to make this issue fully grown in their life. We got to make it fully grown in life, so that we can bring forth death. They govern the time frame and get them tangled, tangled. Ah. I don't know how to get out of this. I'm always falling in this. I'm always in this sin. Get them tangled or in the consequence. You don't cool. But now God can save you from anything. But one thing God don't do is remove consequences. Sin has consequences. Some temporary, some permanently. Just uh, you did what you did, but the children are blessed from the Lord. God ain't going to take the kids back. That's right. People transfer. Like demons be like, yo, we can. Oh, I leveled up, man. It's my last day at the job. It's the last day with you and Tyrone. Yeah, man. You know that preacher, that young preacher, Timothy, he's starting the church. <laughs> Satan showed them promoted me to go. I can tackle a preacher now. I was I was tackling just a congregate. I'm excited, y'all. I now get a chance to go after a preacher now. Transfer. I right, bet. Now a new demon comes up. <laughs> this is real. It's funny, but this is real. Uh, last but not least, he terminates their purpose or their life. Termination. That's right. He chastens those whom he love. God's one's proof. He cares. He says, man, I'm not going to treat you like bastards. I'm not going to treat you like uh, people with no father. He says, man, I track you. I look you. I change the way you think about God. I have you mentally tap out of the presence of God to pursue your own whatever. And as you go in, I build a thirst for that thing. And as that thirst builds and you get to that mouth getting dry and stuff like that, then I bring the tailored temptation your way. And then we govern the time frame to make sure that sin gets fully grown. Don't repent. No, 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 no. We can't make them repent. We can't make them go back to God. Condemnation, condemnation. Caught up in the wrong preach, Caught up in the wrong preacher. Let's just keep, keep, keep that sin growing. That's why they want you in these false churches where they don't talk about sin. We don't talk about repentance. We don't do no deliverance. Have you ever noticed these churches that don't have no altars? Churches with no altars? Now these big churches are creating churches with no altars now because there's no, there's no need for death. There's no need for no deliverances no more. Chairs all the way to the stage. No, come down. No, no, no. We can't have people come to the altar because we got to get the second service in. We got to get the second, the parking lot gonna be full. You care more about your brand than delivering God's people. No altars. Nobody can come down and get prayed for. Nobody can, oh, these little small groups. Oh, go to your small group. Ain't nobody got no delivering power there. No altars, chairs to the chairs to the to the thing. Ain't nobody coming down there to get prayed for, getting demons delivered out of them. No, that's a dirty word. We gotta brand the bill. We gotta brand the bill. Let's talk about Jesus now. Let's get to our Lord and Savior, man. Let's go on the Lord and Savior. Here we go. We're gonna go alone today. This, this is a good word. We're gonna go long. We're gonna go alone today. Um, uh, because I love you. We need altars, man. We need deliverances. All right, here we go. Matthew chapter four, verses one through 11. I gotta take my time with this because it's it's too important to rush this topic and it's too important to make a part two. So my goal is to go uh, to about 145 and then probably have about 10 minutes of questions and coach gotta go, coach tied. But I'm gonna do this for y'all because the spirit will give me the strength. But as soon as I feel that he says, hey, that strength you don't got no more, then that's when I stop because that may be just as far as God want me to share with you. I only go by his leadership. Matthew chapter four, one, let's see how Jesus, let's let's see how our Lord and Savior handled his his business. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness. See, when you read the word of God, don't just rush through it. Look at every word. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit. Previous chapters, he was just being baptized. See, okay, we'll keep going for time because I could, could, boy, I could, boy, text, the text will have me. I'll be like Paul and them. Uh, was it Peter or Paul? Preaching. Preaching till you fall asleep and fall out the chair, out the window, crack your neck. And before I finish the sentence, I go down there and get you back up, bring you back up and keep preaching. I can go. I can go 40. I can go about I can go about four hours. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He word tempted, tested. You're here, you understand. After and after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Come on, man. Bet I know he was. And the tempter came and said to him, Here we go. Questioning the character if you are the son of God, <laughs> if you are who you say you are, I know you, bruh. <clears throat> I was in that garden when, 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 when the Father, because you, because you was there too. You was, you was there before the foundation of the world was laid. You was there. I know you, bro. I knows you. I know you, the begotten. See, devil probably said you, the begotten, huh? You, the begotten. All right. Then Jesus was led up, and after 4 days, 40, he was hungry, and the tempter came and said, "If you are the Son of God, not tackling his character." But his choice, Hmm. he don't care. He don't care, but he wants to get you to choose. And if you are the son of God, command, command, because you got that. You can speak any things that be not as though they were, right? Command these stones to become loaves of bread. Jesus' face was, was tight like this. Jesus was hungry, bro. Lips crusty. Tongue white. Chopped lips. Bones, you can see his bones. If you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Notice that he tempted. It didn't say he tested because he ain't God. It to, Why was Jesus? Well, how can Jesus be tempted? The Bible says Jesus was tempted at every point. Let me read that scripture. In Hebrews 2.18, for because he himself has, has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. He was tempted. Bruh. He was hungry. That was a legitimate temptation. There was a legitimate desire. Oh, legitimate, boy! Lord, I love your word. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered him, "It is written." It not you, you can't quote your pastor when you tempt with the devil. You can't be like you can't find a sermon series. Nah, but go, hold on, say let me find my pastor. My pastor said this. So I think it was in February when my Pastor spoke this. You don't got time to show him I don't know what minute mark. I think it was a 30-minute marker, and you try to slide the video thing to the 30-minute marker to show the devil what the your pastor said. No, nah, you do know the word for yourself. It is written. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Jesus also said this at the at the well with the woman. When the disciples came back and be like, "Yo, why you with the old Shardy? Why you with Shardy?" Because back in the Bible days, contextually, men like teachers were not supposed to be alone with women, right? And so the pre- disciples were like, "Yo, uh, Shardy, what Shardy doing over here?" Jesus, 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 you good? You were talking to Shardy by the well. I'm just, we know Shardy. We saw her gram. Uh, I, my bad, Jesus. I was on the Explore page. I did see her on the gram. Uh, my bad, Jesus. That's why you don't question the Lord. The Lord be like, he look at you like, dang, yeah, I was on her page just yesterday, Instagram page. I Jesus. Woo, woo. And then he was like, then they they switch to real quick? You hungry? <laughs> Jesus was like, bro, you was on her Instagram page yesterday, bro. You was just on the Instagram page. And you talking to me because I'm at the well with her, bro. But she was on the Explore page 2 a.m. When I was in the mountaintop. Yeah, bro, you didn't think I knew that, huh? Then they switch the subject real quick. Oh, oh, you, you hungry? Jesus is like, man, nah. My food is do the will of the Lord. That's what fe- That's what feeds me. Jesus respond, and you notice if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. Lust of the flesh. Eat for yourself. You make this stone single season a season of bread. Ooh! Don't you hate the hardness of your singleness? Your singleness feels like stones. Don't you want to make this season of stones into a season of bread? Don't you want, don't you want, come on, man. Command, command dude, command that man to come over here. Command that man to come over here. Command that man to come over here and turn this season of singleness of stone into a season of bread? Hmm? jesus said he put us on game right he says man should not live by bread alone Mm-mm. he didn't say you're gonna live without bread god jesus wasn't dumb he said bro you we need some bread bro do you know what i'm about to create for these people in 2000 and something something in 1980 i'm gonna create this thing called a hamburger bro i'm gonna create this thing i'm gonna create this thing right here called a, a chick-fil-a so my people don't need bread You know what I'm saying? Because when they get old, they're going to be like kids eating nuggets and eating the strips. No, they need the bread. So man should not live by bread alone. We need the bread, too. Because I can't have people just eating chicken with no no bread. Because when I create the sandwich for these people, bruh, bruh, called Chick-fil-A, that was like Chick-fil-A. Anyway, he says, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. He says, that's how you stay full in your singleness. That's how you're not tempted to turn your singleness of stone into a season of bread. You do that by living off of His Word. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, the real Word of God. Go into the Bible yourself, and let the Spirit of God read it to you. Let's keep going. Then the devil took him to the holy city. Man, Jesus made chicken. He says about Chick Fil A. Either way, I'm taking him to this. I'm gonna take him to the holy city. And the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you be the son of God, if you are the begotten, we got the begotten here in the wilderness. If you are the begotten, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For it is written. Now the devil's like, oh, okay, cool, cool. You, you want to throw the word at me? Oh, okay, begotten. You want to throw the word at me? I bet. Oh, that's where we're fighting now. That's what. That's why that first question is just subtle. He want to know if you know the word. Oh, you know the word? Okay, let me let me bring some scriptures you may not have written have read. Let me go. Let me go back here in the Old Testament. Let me go back. Let me go back and see if you know them scriptures. Player, okay. If you are the son, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, <laughs> and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, again, it is written, oh, we we shoot, we shoot, I clap back because I got the real bullets. Your words is hollow words, twisted words. I got that. Doot, do. Jesus said, again, it is written. You should not put the Lord your God to the test. You see how many of us put God to the test? We go out there and jump off cliffs, relationally, jump off cliffs, all this kind of stuff. He says, on there." oh, Jesus said, you should not put your Lord God to the test. All right, let's stop there. Less of the eye. That was a desire of Christ to be seen. That was a legitimate desire to show the world that he is the savior of the world. That was a genuine desire. The devil, though, wanted him to jump off a cliff to show the people prematurely. He says, Man, the holy city, Jerusalem, you want me to jump off this cliff? Huh? Because you want me to show them who I am prematurely without no cross. But on this same mountain, I don't know if it was on the same mountain or not. But I don't know if Jesus pointed to the mountain. I don't know if he said, you know what? You want me to show the people on this mountain. To get them the lust of their eyes. So they can see me in my full glory. But on that mountain over there, in this same holy city, in the same city of Jerusalem, you see that mountain? That's how they're going to know I'm the son of God. Because I'm going to die and I'm going to raise up again. So what he was saying was, yes, I want people to see me, but it won't heal. It won't heal what's in them. So he was like, oh, man, you trying? We weren't even trying to talk about this mountain over here because I don't want you on the cross. I don't want, I want you on Calvary. I don't want you to get to Calvary. I want you to bring the Calvary in." Ooh, he said, "I don't want you to get the Calvary. I want you to bring the Calvary in so that you won't have to shed no blood because my feet, my my head is not bruised yet. So I don't want you to get there, Jesus." And it says again, verse 8 the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. The <laughs> God of this world. So, all the kingdoms of this world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said, Be gone, Satan. Now you're trying me. He didn't say those scriptures. I don't see no. He said, You should worship your God, your God, and him only you should serve. That's cool. But Jesus got fed. He's like, Be gone, player. I- she was like, be gone, player. Now, now, now you now you getting disrespectful. No, bro, you talk you you talking to me to bow down to you? That's why he said, Be gone, player. Now Z, we done here. I only need you to do me three times to fulfill the law, to fulfill the word, to fill, fulfill it. You should worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. That's a good word. Every day you're gonna be tempted to turn something hard into something soft. Every day you're gonna be tempted to show and try to reveal yourself prematurely. You're gonna be tempted every day to try to get the world quicker. But he says, Man, man shall not live by bread alone, but everybody everywhere that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Man shall not test God. And number three, man shall always serve God, and only him shall they serve. Those three things will kind of, keep, not kind of, God, I didn't mean to say kind of. Those things will keep you if you desire those things to keep you. Now, how to resist (laughs) temptation. That's a good word, Lord. I love your word, Lord. I love it. How to resist and not fall into temptation. I spelled the word temptation. (laughs) I'm about to go through this real quickly. That's right. That's right. But there, but there, there are times where you have to go. You have to go into that wilderness so that your faith can be tested. We'll fall because Jesus was Jesus was 10 for 10. He was just perfect. We're going to make mistakes, but his spirit there is to help us. See, let's keep going. How to resist and not fall into temptation real quickly. I'm going to go through these because a lot of what I said in these texts, a lot of things that we shared has already been made clear. <clears throat> How to make sure my didn't call. Thank y'all so much for giving, man. People giving donations. Thank y'all so much. I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all so much for y'all's support. I really do appreciate it. How to resist and fall into, not falls into temptation. Number one, build your trust in Jesus and rest in him and talk to him in order to resist. The Bible says, another verse here, uh, I have a lot of scripture here. It says, um, James 4, 7, submit yourself, therefore to God, resist the devil, he will flee. Submit. Build your trust in Jesus. Build your trust in Jesus and rest in him. Jesus, I trust you. Holy Spirit, show me every area in my life that does not trust you right now. Because I want to build my trust in you. Because when I'm tempted by anything, I trust your word. I trust you. I trust our conversations. I trust your track record. I trust everything that you're doing for me. And I'm arresting you. Because when you're resting, you can resist it. <clears throat> when you're resting, him, you resist you're resting in him, you can resist him. If you're resting in him, you can resist them. Man, I'm cool, bro. I don't need shawty. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I mean, she cute, but man, she not live by chicks alone, bro. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, God got the chicks for me, bro. I ain't not saying, bro. I'm cool, man. I'm cool with Jesus, bro. I'm cool with Jesus, bro. That's what rest is. I'm content, bro. I trust God. He got the reason for this season. Jesus is the reason for. For season, yeah. See, I, he's the reason for all my seasons. I'm good. So I don't need that. Ladies can be like, you know, say, so don't need that. I'm good. I'm good. So how to resist and not fall into temptation? Build your trust in Jesus and rest in him and talk to him. Vent to him. Jesus, he cute. Hold on. That's that's the lady side. That, that ain't me. <laughs> or, or you're like, God, man shouldn't have scrolled to her, the sin inside of her instagram she didn't delete her sin in years you know how it is you scroll right you scroll and then she got saved and you go down to the area where she pre-salvation and all those pictures down there when she was at the beach and you're like oh ah oh, man i knew the holy spirit told me not to scroll no more god told me not to scroll no more and i saw i saw what was behind the veil and then you just gotta say, you know what, God, I, I need your help because she's cute, man. Ladies, you be like, God, I, I listen. I need to talk to you about Tyrone. Tyrone cute, God. He texts me. I need to talk to you. Whoever you go to first will determine how how healed and how well you become, right? So, number one, T, build your trust in Jesus and rest in Him. Plus, talk to Him, right? Number two, how to build, how to resist and not fall into temptation. E, remember, every temptation has a way of escape. Remember every temptation. God says with every temptation, no temptation, uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God's like, man, I knew under him, man, ain't, man, what, you, you ain't the only one that's been tempted. He wants to make that plain, so you won't make the excuse, oh, woe is me, not even God can deliver me from this. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. Bro, th- different technologies separate different types of temptation, just different technology. All right? No temptation has overtaken you that is not coming in. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure. He says, man, with every temptation, as a way of escape. So soon as, I always say this, I should have said this earlier. The best way to have to fall into temptation is not enter it. The best exit is not to enter. That's the best exit. So we're talking about when you meet the temptation, don't even go through the door. He says the way of escape is to go that way, right? How to resist our phone's temptation? Remember that every temptation is a way of escape. No excuses. There was there was a way out. There was a way. God always makes a way out. He will work it out. God's always he's a waymaker. Y'all been seeing he's a way maker, but you ain't you ain't see his way that was made. He's a waymaker. He done made a way. He said, "Bro, bro, flee." going to put that up there. There you go, flee. You just run. Listen. Run and don't leave your coat. Don't leave your coat. Joseph must have broke protocol. Joseph must have been immature. Joseph, how are you gonna be in a man's house with his wife? I'm never with a woman by myself. Nope. But where your husband at? I, if your husband ain't here, I ain't uh, nope. That's why I don't wear no coats. You know what I'm saying? Just keep keep things loose. You know what I'm saying? Keep things light. Don't be carrying no coats, man. <laughs> I'm just joking. Anyway. Number two of E educate yourself about yourself and equip yourself for war. Educate yourself. Educate yourself about yourself. Yeah. I am weak in this area. You know, look. What I do with my life, I put myself in the devil's shoes. I put myself in the demon's shoes and be like, okay, what areas would he would he what areas could he get me right now? sometimes I do this periodically, every other three or four weeks or so, I sit back and I say, okay, yeah, if I was a demon, I would get me just like this. Educate yourself about yourself. Oh, usually, and like when I first got married, when I first started doing marriage, I was married and a lot of ministry and stuff started growing. I was like, yep, how vulnerable am I right now in transition? Usually in transition, you are your most vulnerable. So, that's why every season, everything, you got to look at yourself, educate yourself, okay, if I if, if I was a demon, how would I get me right now? Because I'm in transition or things have been elevated, I got to take self-assessment. Educate yourself about yourself and equip yourself for war. Like my friend said, put on the whole armor of God, right there. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand, withstand. And also establish your why. This book right here, y'all, just get this. Just get this. World War Me. I talk about the whole armor of God and what they mean and how to use them, and how they're used. World War Me, and establish a why. You gotta have a why bigger than their what. You gotta say, you know what? Like my why is not to go into pornography. My why not to fall into that stuff is I don't got time to put my wife through that. If I, if I, if I, if if, if I always put myself in. this, If I get caught by this, if I get into this, who knows how long she's gonna be in a in, in these emotions. So you got to say, you know what? I have a why that's bigger than this what? Okay, next point, M, how to resist and not fall into temptation? Meditate on the word of God and make bullets out of them. How to not fall into temptation and resist them? Make bullets out of the word. Jesus didn't say nothing outside the word of God. That was his bullets. Clip was full. We out here shooting blanks. we out here shooting BBs at a devil that's got bazookas at us. You, know you got to meditate on God's word. Meditate is like marinate. I'm so in this word that I've been sitting, I've been meditating. I've been marinating in this for a season now that when I'm when, when I'm pressed, when I'm squeezed, when I'm tempted, when I'm tested, word of God comes out. Boom, 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 boom. Right, Meditate on the word of God and make bullets out of them. That's your weapon. The Bible talks about how the word of God is the sword of the spirit. The only weapon you got. Not your works, not your deeds, the word of God. P, take preventative actions. That comes from getting to know yourself. Take preventative actions. Okay, let me surround myself with accountability. Let me let oh four o'clock amuse like this. Always assess and take preventative actions. Let me keep going for Thompson. sake. T, always think three moves ahead and know your enemy's tactics. Think three moves ahead. Think literally, think three moves ahead about, okay. When that man sent you a text message or that girl, you know what I'm saying, whatever, right? The first move may be okay. We talk. That's the, that's the only, see the, the 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 sin or the end is not in the first move. So most people are like it's okay to make this first move, but the first move is set you up for the second move and the third move. That's where the that's where the sin occurs and that's where the condemnation occurs. That's when the trap is. That's where the trap is. Remember the three line analogy. Not the first or second line. It's that third ambush, right? So when you get when you get something that's just iffy, that's just not quite God for you, you kind of just whatever. What you do is you think three moves in. Okay, the first move is I I um I answer this text message. On the surface, like no harm, no foul. The second move is oh, but what if he texts me back? Or what if he asks me here? The third move is what if we hang out? And I remember what happened to us before. So you got to think three moves ahead. Because if you only think of the first move, you think no harm, no foul. I'm just responding to the text message. But you got to think if I respond to this, what happens? What's the effect after this cause? If if I if I if I meet his cause and I meet her cause and I and I engage with them, what's the third move? Oh, the third move is that we're making all kinds of movements. You know what I'm saying? Doing all kinds of movements under under the under the night. So the best way to say, you know what, I'm gonna think three moves ahead. And also, know my enemy's tactics. This is how the devil moves against me. This is how he does this thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn from it. Let's keep going. A, have accountability. If you want to resist not to today, have accountability. You can't just be an island. You can't be out here by yourself. And if you fail, if you, because we're human, I'm not sitting there going to make you believe that you ain't gonna fall again. That's stupidity. I'm going to make you think that. I'm not we're we're, we're that just don't make sense. You're going to make mistakes as you mature. God governs it. As you mature, he knows you're going to slip up a few times, but he knows that you're going to learn from it. <laughs> Hopefully. If you fail, do the coach Josh Triple A. Just the Triple A. Triple A method. Assess, adjust and advance. I fail. Oh, 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 okay. Um before you assess Go to the arms of God. That's four, that's four A's. Go to the arms of God. And after you go to the arms of God, it's sort of quadruple, 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 um, quadruple A. Okay, This quadruple A. Go to the arms of God. As soon as you met. Ma- Even if you quiet for a while, you go, go to the arms of God. It. They might just be silent for a few times, because sometimes you, you, you don't got to hear God's love. Sometimes you just need to feel his love. See what I'm saying? Fall into the arms of God. Then God's going to put you in an environment where you assess. Now, let's. All all right, son. Son, you, you know I love you. God hugs you for a little bit. You're going to be, all right, man. I got you. Come to me. Come to me, bro. I told you I got you, bro. I, know, I knew Big Booty Judah was going to be tough for you, bro. Just, come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. I know Tyrone was going to be tough. Just come here. Come here. Come here, come here. Then God be like, all right, let's assess. That's a success. That's assess. What happened? Well, God, I mean, you know, he said, Hey, big head, you know, and I was tired of my loneliness. And I was like, man, I'm trying to turn my stone into bread, God. And you know, and God's like, I assess, bro. Okay, now what what led up to it? What happened in the moment? And now God's gonna be like, let's make the adjustments. Chiropractor, let's adjust and get better flow through. Let's make the adjustment. And let's get back to the assignment. Let's get back to advancing. God's like, let's keep going. God don't got time to be thinking about... God's like, let's keep it moving. Let's assess, let's adjust, let's advance. And my last A, half amnesia. One thing about me, I don't remember none of my sins. I don't remember. He forgot them, I forgot them. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I don't got time to think about my sin. I messed up. I don't know. I already went to the arms of God. He don't forget. I'm good. I'm good. I got amnesia. I do So, because I I got to get back to advance. So if I make a mistake, arms... Assess, adjust, back to these books, back to these videos, back to my wife, back to my life. You see what I'm saying? We back at it. I don't got time. Condemnation takes up time. Condemnation takes up more time than the sin did. And so many people don't know to go to the arms of God first. Let's keep going, man, because I I might not even have time for questions. Because two hours, this thing starts acting funny. T, quench your thirst and examine your tailored suits. Quench your thirst. I'm going to the well, bro. Where are you going, bro? I'm going to the well, man. I'm going to Christ with this, bro. I need my thirst quenched because big booty Judy got a lot of juice, juicy booty. Nah, I got to get away from there. I got to go to Gatorade. <laughs> I got to go to Gatorade. I can't go to this, you know, this uh, Capri Sun. I can't, I can't, I can't go. I can't go there. And examine your tailored suits and throw them out. Throw them out. This is this is what has been tailored to me in my past. I'm throwing these out. I'm going to assess, it just in advance, and no longer. I'm I'm too big to wear them suits now. I'm too big in God to wear these suits anymore. So, devil, devil can't, even devil, okay, you're 36, okay. Okay, okay. Don't know, no you I can't wear your suits no more. And that keeps the devil on his toes. He's like, "Man, bro, we can't, we can't find a suit to fit, bro. We can't find a temptation suited for this girl. Man, we got to work overtime." A eight I eliminate all idle time and work on your ideas. Most, temptata- most, most temptations happen in idle time. Occupy that time. working on your God-given ideas. Focus on and growing your relationship with God, man. Interacting with God, man. Have no idle time. Usually we fall when we got time to fall. If you make no time to fall, you won't even find yourself falling. Oh, keep your eyes open. The Bible says, watch and pray. Lest you too fall temptation. Keep your eyes and mouth open. What I mean by that? Watch and pray. Keep your eyes open. Keep talking to God. Talking, just having fellowship. Just talk. Keep your mouth. Keep your eyes and mouth open. And give no opportunity to the devil. Give him no opportunities. If you get a, on his operative side and say, okay, how would he, how would a demon get me to fall? Okay, I'ma close that opportunity. Make no opportunity for the devil. And uh stay in obedience. It's hard to be tempted when you stay in obedience and have outlets. Back when I was a young man getting over all this other stuff, man, I got a hundred push-ups, coach. Get them a hundred push-ups in. Go to Walmart, bro. Go to Walmart. Get out the house. Get out the house. Get out the house. Move, 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 move. Have outlets. Just just, just know when this happened, fellas, get in the car. Just go. God, we made it. The way of escape. Okay, have outlets. Uh last but not least, say no to it. Say no. And never forget the wages of sin. Say no to that. Man, no, man, we ain't about that. We ain't on that. I got the power of Christ knowing me. You know what I'm saying? And never forget the wages of sin is death. The destruction to your purpose, destruction to your marriage, destruction to your family, destruction to your children. Whatever you say yes to will make a mess in whatever you are uh, connected, whatever's connected to you. You gotta learn how to say no, because your no can keep your son from saying yes to what you said no to. Hope this message was a blessing to you. I got a lot of activities for you, and I won't have time. I may I may end this video, and I may come back with a Q and A. So I may stop this video and then come back with a live Q and A to answer maybe five or six questions. Um, but I got life for activity. Take some time this week to look. Do I got all the? Yeah, take some time this week to look into the closet of your life at your tailored suits and assess what you need to do to overcome temptation. I got a lot of good questions here. I want you to go to my website, lifework.teachable.com. Download this worksheet. Let me go ahead and find it for y'all. Let me help y'all out. So I'm gonna put it in the chat box for you. Man, I got a lot of questions here, man. What are your tailored temptations and the roots of it? What do you need to say to Jesus about your temptation? I got, man, I got a lot, man. It's good stuff. A lot to tell you too, man. So I'm gonna let y'all go do it for y'all ourselves. I'm going to post that link in there for you so that you're able to uh, do the activities. And thank you all so much for rocking with me. There we go. For those on Facebook, tell me it's not y'all not y'all not getting. But let me know. Someone whoever's watching on Facebook, let me know y'all got it. Because it keeps saying there was an error occurred. No, but download that worksheet, but I got a lot of good books starting with this one. World War Me, How to Winning the War Within. Good book for spiritual warfare. That book's available on my website for uh, for purchase. You got the book, The Purpose of Singleness, Are You Whole or Full of holes? The reason why this course exists right now. Got another book called Dating Prep, a book that will help you date yourself and love of your life forever. That comes with a card game, not comes with, but was created with the card game called Dating Prep. It's a great game for you as a single person, and every question in the card game there's three levels. There's a cloud phase. We all just met the semen phase, relationships getting real, and the corporation phase where y'all engage, y'all looking to build a marriage together. Questions for each level, and each question in the card game is in this book here, and you'll be able to answer the question like the family or the branches. What would you like on your love branch, emotional branch, identity branch? All this just a good question for y'all to vibe with and see if you're on the same page. This book right here in the card game will either end the wrong relationship or lengthen the right relationship. That is book for those who got soul ties and strongholds, the purpose of freedom. How to untie soul ties and strongholds? That book right there will help you uh, understand what soul ties and strongholds are, and for and how t- and how God will help you uproot them and such. Uh, <clears throat> my first book, Unplug: The Top Things to Unplug From, great resource there. My very first book, very precious to me, and my first children's book. As he says, as in for the students I serve, that's oh, that's me right there, Mister Ezzy. And that's my wife right there. We got our own cartoon series. Our goal is to get it animated and get out there to children and help them understand um, their purpose and all that good stuff. So I love y'all. Go to my website. Let me see if I can show it to y'all real quick. And I may come back for a live. Y'all let me know if y'all want me to come back. Just post at the bottom. Let me know. Yes, yes, yes. No, we good, coaches. Let me know. And then we'll uh, we'll go from there. Uh, let me see. Hold on. Let me show my website real quick so y'all know. Okay. Okay, here we go. And there's my website right there. Uh, resources and tools are there. Um, you'll learn more about. I've been doing it since 2008. You'll uh, you'll know from the history of what I've been doing. We got our kids mentoring program. You can help doing it. Unfortunately, our school was closed or was uh, moved to remote learning, so we wasn't able to do our mentoring program. We only had one session this year. That's my wife right there, and uh, these are the kids. We have activities and stuff. Um, but we'll be back up next school year. So we'll love your support and appreciate it. Online courses, you can go there to find out more about um um uh, I got a course on uh pro uh, uh I got a course on um procrastination. I got a course on insecurities, and of course, this course that we have here, area where you can get your books. You also get our t-shirt the shirts that I was wearing here. It's a whole bucket from my book, actually come from the book, the purpose of singleness. It's the bucket right here saying that we're whole in Christ. Um, what else we got here? Um, books. Booking, if you want me to speak at your event, I was blessed to speak in front of the top 100 basketball players in, in 2016 high school. Um, and also, if you want to give and donate what I do, that's good too. We'll appreciate that. You'll learn our history, life recurs- courses, YouTube, podcasts, books, card games, custom coaching, one-on-one coaching, donate, booking, contact worksheets. And for those who's been looking for worksheets but couldn't find them, you can actually go ahead and actually search for those uh, there and all that good stuff. But I'm uh, let me know. I'm going to look at the chat box, see if y'all want me to come back. Yeah, man, I got I'm come, uh, should I come back with two or three questions? Um hmm. I got time for one. Chelsea says, Can you explain why it's important to prepare for a season such as marriage? Because I have been oh, because I have been asked. Because I've been asked what I am preparing for and won't be perfect when I tell them I prefer to be patient. Um, it's important to prepare because you want to make sure they last. Um, um, And The best answer to give anyone is this is my answer and I'm sticking with it. Um, but it's important to prepare for next season because so that you can in, uh, lift in that season. Uh, you don't want to um, have all these years of singleness and get married only for three years. Now, Now your children are in a dysfunctional situation. So you want to prepare for marriage. You want to prepare for next season so you can thrive in that season and be set up for even a better season. Um, you prepare. You're preparing to last. You're preparing to last. You're preparing to be effective. You're preparing to be efficient. You're preparing to be legit so that you won't end up quitting. That's my quick answer for that. But I got to get rest, y'all. My wife be home soon. And I got I to gotta put my husband. My husband hat never came off. But now I got to, you know, right now the ministry hat is forward. You know, I put the hat forward and now i gotta put that mentor hat backwards and bring the husband hat back forward you see what i'm saying so i never take the hat off i'm just swapping like this i love you i gotta go i'll do a live q and i'll probably do two this weekend probably do one tomorrow probably do one on uh saturday but i love you i gotta get rest i've been going for two hours love y'all y'all be blessed see y'all next time peace